How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Mel King, At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Zach Zaidman. You know, back in the day, I used to live the life. Not a Bieber life, but no. I, I used to live the life. This is Zach Zaidman. Are you serious? That's an interesting question, Dave. Fly the W! Well, 432 for the Chicago Wolves updates. 431. Approaching 432 for the Just saw Zach fire an empty coffee cup. It's Zach Zaidman on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Oh, it's Max Zaidman. I'm sorry. Uh, Chicago Sports Station. A pleasant good evening to you. Please be safe out there on the roadways this evening with all snow. Zach Saban here until 9 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studios brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Ahead on the show, a lot of football, including a special treat coming up in mere moments. Chicago Tribune NFL man Brad Biggs will join us for the entire hour. He'll be taking your phone calls for the entire hour. Any questions that you guys have on the Bears, Brad will try to answer in as thorough a way as possible because that's all he does. So start lining up with your questions. 312-644-6767. Repeat, 312-644-6767. The score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Again, 312-644-6767. Brad Biggs will be taking your Bears questions for the next hour here on the score. Then at 7 o'clock, we'll head north and get the latest on the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers today saying he thinks he'll be back with the pack, but then adds, there are no absolutes in the NFL. So it's always something. The mystery continues up in Green Bay. At 7.20, we'll head to Detroit and get the latest on what the Lions are doing. Could you imagine this scenario, which is suddenly becoming a little bit more realistic as each day goes on? Could you imagine how things would change for the Bears if both Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers are no longer playing in the division next season? Then at 8 o'clock, we'll reminisce about the greatest football team this city has ever seen. 35 years ago today, the Bears won Super Bowl XX. So many great stories, so many lessons to learn. We'll visit with seven-time Pro Bowl center and 85 Bear Jay Hilgenberg at 8 o'clock. Can't wait for Hilgie to share his memories. And one of the things that drives me crazy, I posted a picture of the Super Bowl trophy, the 85 Bears won on Twitter earlier today. And of course, everyone sees everything from their own prism, right? 
and there's a group of fans that are ripping it because it's been too long since the Bears last won. Why are you focusing on the history? Blah, 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 blah. It's never a bad time to celebrate greatness. You guys are smart enough to be able to appreciate what transpired in 1985. Arguably the greatest team to win a championship in the Super Bowl era. You guys are smart enough to compartmentalize that, the appreciation for that greatness, and yet also understand that the Bears have some issues right now. You've called them out on it, and they need to get better, much better. But the 85 team, now that's a championship team. I mean, there there are champions, and then there's the 85 Bears. Don't ever take for granted what that group was able to accomplish because it was unbelievable. Truly was. Let's begin the festivities. 312-644-6767. One full hour of your Bears calls with Brad Biggs. I'm going to take a break here. And when we come back from the break, because I want an extended period of time of your calls nonstop with Brad Biggs. So we're going to take a break early at this particular time. And when we come back, we'll visit with the Chicago Tribune's NFL man, Brad Biggs. He'll be taking your phone calls for the entire hour, talking bears. Zach Saban with you until 9 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Zach Saban with you until 9 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Pleased to be joined now on the Alpamonte Nissan Hotline by Chicago Tribune NFL man and score contributor Brad Biggs. Alpamonte Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue or APNissan.com. Brad will be with us for the entire 6 o'clock hour, taking your phone calls on the Bears at 312-644-6767. Repeat, 312-644-6767. Brad, good evening. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm really excited about getting some in-depth Bears answers from you for the entire hour. And I guess we'll start with this, Brad. When you watched Championship Sunday from a Bears perspective, what stood out to you? Well, I mean, I think they're a long ways away from those four teams that were playing on Sunday. And I realized that they beat the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a home game way back in week, uh, what was it, week five, uh, 20 to 19 on a short week at uh, at Soldier Field. And, and so you look at it and you say, hey, they, they, they stacked up pretty well against the Bucks in that situation different Buccaneers team, I think, that we saw on the field up at uh, Lambeau Field on Sunday, and certainly a different Bears team throughout the second half of the season than the one that was able to defeat the Buccaneers. So, you know, there's a big gap between those four teams and where the Bears are at right now. There's a big gap in the quarterback play. Offensively, uh, you had the... First, second, third, and sixth teams in the league playing in terms of scoring. And scoring has been an issue for the Bears uh, for quite a while. Yeah, they had a nice stretch there at the end where they had four games in a row with 30 points or more. Uh, kind of came out of nowhere. And credit to the Bears for pulling that off. But 
scoring and offense and passing and, and, and really everything on that side of the ball remains, I, I think, a big question mark as you look ahead to 2021. They've, they've got no idea who the quarterback is uh, even going to be. Before we get to the big picture issues of the quarterback, there's a lot to replace in terms of the defensive coaching staff because there have been a lot of people that have left since the season ended. We know who the defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, is. Who's going to be joining him on that coaching staff? Yeah, that that's a good question because Jay Rogers was out of contract and left to join the uh, L.A. Chargers. The Bears informed uh, outside linebackers coach Ted Monachino, who came in with Chuck Pagano, that his services are no longer needed. So they've got to replace uh, a line coach and an outside linebackers coach. And Desai worked with the safeties, so presumably – they will hire a, a new safeties coach or per, potentially give someone the title of uh, assistant defensive backs coach. Uh, so that's got to get done. You know, they had talked to James Betcher about the coordinator job. And even after they, they gave that promotion to Sean Desai, their goal was to still find a way to bring Betcher in. Now, whether that would have been with a title of uh, some type of senior defensive assistant. I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, give him a position. But uh, Betcher chose to uh, join the uh, San Francisco 49ers instead, so they were not able to, to land him. Uh, but they do need to, uh, to get some guys on that side of the ball, some guys with some experience. You would think that uh, perhaps they'd like to get a guy that, maybe has called plays before too, someone who um, could sort of be a sounding board for Sean as he uh, goes into this adventure as a, as a first-time coordinator, someone who uh, he could bounce things off of and could be sort of a, a lend a guiding hand uh, for him. So they've got to pull that off, and um, then they've got to replace the running backs coach uh, Charles London. I don't know that they go out and replace Dave Ragone, the, the passing game coordinator, because they very well uh, might have led the National Football League in terms of quarterbacks coaches. They had five uh, in the building this past year when you count Matt Nagy as one and Bill Lazor and Ragone and John D. Filippo, who's actually got the title of quarterbacks coach. And of course, Henry Burris uh, was a seasonal assistant who is now I believe been hired as a um, offensive uh, sort of quality control guy. So plenty of quarterback guys around. Uh, we'll have to see uh, what they do to, to fill out these spots because coaches that are in demand, coaches that there's going to be high interest in, Zach, uh, mm -hmm. they're going to look for what best situation is for them. And it always raises the possibility that they, they take interest from the Bears and they sort of use it as leverage. The Bears uh, reportedly interested in Deuce Staley as a running running backs coach after uh, he parted ways with the Philadelphia Eagles, and obviously Matt spent some time with him in Philadelphia. Well, Deuce uh, winds up in Detroit on the front end of a coach's contract uh, there. If, if you're a coach that's out of work and you're looking at gigs and you say, well, geez, there's a ton of pressure on Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace and the Bears, do I really want to move there and face the prospect of being out of work uh, 12 months from now? Uh, or do I want to go somewhere where Dan Campbell 
uh, just got a six-year contract in Detroit. Brad Biggs is with us talking Bears for the entire hour. He'll be taking your phone calls as well at 312-644-6767. You know, it reminds me a lot of what the Bears are dealing with in terms of trying to find the best assistant coaches to surround Matt Nagy. Reminds me a lot of what happened near the tail end of the Lovey Smith era when there was some uncertainty as to how secure he was, and he had a difficult time finding offensive coaches around him. So that's why you're getting inexperienced guys in new spots. So let's start with Desai. And from what you know about him, and he's been with the Bears since the Mark Tressman era, very highly thought of internally. There have been several players who have come out in great support of this move, bumping Desai up to defensive coordinator. But realistically, from what you know, what can he do to make the Bears' defense just a little bit better? Well, if he can, uh, if he can tap into a lot of the stuff that the Bears did when he worked under Vic Fangio, I, I think that's the fastest way to try to get the defense sort of back on track. And, and you, you watched what unfolded in the second half of this season when the defense didn't play very well. And there were just too many games where you're like, boy, that, that just didn't look real good. And at first you thought it was an aberration. And, and then you go kind of inside the numbers and it wasn't, it was, it was a t- almost a totally different defense in the second half of the season. And so there was a real slide and regression for them. Um, now, a lot of what Chuck was doing was very similar to what Vic did. It wasn't like there was a huge departure from what they did under Fangio, but Sean Desai is a guy who, you know, I really, I think learned a lot from Vic, learned at multiple levels of the defense. Remember, Sean Desai originally... Uh, under Vic was working with linebackers coach Glenn Pyers, who was with the team at the time. And after working with Pyers for a while, he moved into the secondary. So he's got an idea of how things work uh, on the front end as well as the back end. And you hope that that will help him out as he transitions into this role. I talked to Vic late Friday night and He's got a lot of confidence in Sean. You know, one thing that's really interesting is after the 2018 season, when Vic was hired away uh, by the Denver Broncos to be the head coach there, Sean decides the only assistant that Vic put in a slip to uh, request to try to bring with him to Denver. Now, Ed Donatel, who Vic had worked with quite a bit um, previously in San Francisco and, and then... Uh, under John Fox, um, Ed was coming out of contract, so Vic didn't need to put in a slip to to try to take Ed with him, which he went ahead and did when the Bears passed Ed over for the coordinator job that went to Chuck Pagano. And then Brandon Staley, now the Chargers head coach, was more or less pushed aside by Matt Nagy and the Bears because Chuck wanted to bring uh, his own guy with him and Ted Monachino. So... Vic was able to hire Brandon Staley without putting in a slip for him, but he did put in a slip to try to bring Sean Desai with him to Denver, and uh, the Bears went ahead and blocked that because uh, 
you know, Sean had really proved his worth and his value uh, to the Bears. And so this is a huge, huge opportunity for him. Yeah, there are some really talented players on that side of the ball. What can he do uh, to, to try to get them up and running again? All right, let's go out to the phones. 312-644-6767. We'll start the festivities with Ed in Salt Lake City. Hi, Ed. You're on the score with Brad Biggs. Yeah, Brad, I listen to you every morning on Mully and Ha. really enjoy your work. Um, I'm trying you to make sleep in a little more, Ed. Well, I'm in Salt Lake City, so I got an hour on you. All right. <laughs> um, I'm trying to make heads or tails out of the press conference to end the year by, by ownership. The only thing that could possibly make sense to me is that COVID damaged the finances to the point where they just didn't want to let anyone go unnecessarily and pay, uh, and pay contracts for people that weren't going to perform work. Can you address that for me? Well, I think... Uh... I think that certainly is something that factored into the discussion. There's no doubt about it. You know, COVID, we're going to see a uh, big drop in the salary cap. The rumor uh, right now is that it's going to be at about $180 million for next year, which would be a drop of nearly $20 million from this past season. So revenues down across the league revenues down for the Chicago Bears, you know, the, the McCaskies, that's their business. Some of these other owners around the National Football League, they've got uh, oodles of businesses, you know. Uh, Dan Pompey, friend of the program, once uh, got together with Shad Khan, who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they met uh, down in uh, Urbana at a country club that Shad Khan owns, and Dan told the story, and I don't want to mess the number up, but I, Shad was asked how many businesses he owns, and it, if memory serves me right, that he wasn't exactly sure, but the number was north of 150. Okay, so the <laughs> the McCaskies don't own uh, 150 plus businesses. Football's their business, and everyone understands that revenues down. And I, I think when you talk about okay, well, what would the price tag have been on a total reboot, clean out the front office, clean out the coaching staff, start fresh. By my estimation, and it's just a rough estimation, that that's you're staring down probably twenty million dollars, just just right there, just to just to pay the people that need to go. So that that's not involving what it's going to cost to 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 bring in the new folks and. One thing that's interesting when you look at what's happening in the coaching landscape around the league is agents have really started to gain some traction and momentum in terms of negotiating contracts for these coaches. Matt Nagy was the first guy to get an original deal from the Chicago Bears in length of five years. The Lions, and this one's a real stunner to me, hired Dan Campbell with a six-year contract. He, he had no leverage that, that I know of. Basically, Dan Campbell's leverage was, well, if you don't hire me, I'm going to stay in New Orleans as the tight ends coach. It's not like he was able to play uh, an offer from the Lions off one of the other teams. You know, Matt Rule a year ago 
uh, to leave the college ranks and go to the Carolina Panthers. Got a seven-year contract uh, from them. So it is getting more expensive to pay coaches to fill out coaching staffs. And was that part of the discussion? I think we'd be naive to to think that it wasn't part of it. Did it drive the discussion? I don't know uh, that I'm willing to go there, but uh, certainly I had I, I'd have to believe that it was one of the factors that was probably uh, considered. Brad Biggs of the Chicago Tribune is taking your phone calls for the entire hour on the Bears, 312-644-6767. Let's say hi to John on the west side. Hi, John. You're on the score with Brad Biggs. Hey, you guys. I'm enjoying your show always. I just want one question. Mahomes is still with Kansas City back in the Super Bowl again. I would like to know why is Pace still in the Bears organization? It's an indictment. It's, it's, I'd rather them raise the tickets and got rid of him. He should not be the general manager. It's, it's, it's sad to, as a Bear fan. I've been a Bear fan since 1979. And I just can't believe they still got – now, Nagy should stretch you to stay, but there's no reason why Pace should still be here all day he's messed up. It's just unexplicable. I'll hang up and hear what you got to say. Yeah, I mean, listen, Pace is going to have to pull something off pretty Something that he remembered for for a long, long time. When you go back and you look at that 2017 draft, that, yeah, Mahomes is the big one. And, and Ryan's not the only guy that missed on Pat Mahomes, okay? Um, the, the slam dunk there, the finger roll, really, in my mind, is, is Deshaun Watson. Because there were questions about Mahomes. There were questions about a guy coming out of that air raid system. I don't believe that the Texas Tech Red Raiders had a winning record his final year there. And you saw some fast and loose play that led to turnovers where you you look at that. And I, I mean, I recall talking to evaluators that I trust and they look at it and they say, well, you, you know, you got to wonder if you can rein him in a little bit, okay? But but Watson was the guy who had made a ton of starts at Clemson, had led the Tigers to the national championship game, had played at the highest level of college football. I mean, he Deshaun Watson wasn't playing week after week against garbage Big 12 defenses. He he was playing legit teams, leading his team into the the playoffs, and so passing him up for a guy that only made 13 starts that's the real uh head scratcher because the the chiefs had a real vision there with mahomes there's no question about it so you say okay well why is pace still in charge why is he going to be a guy that's going to have a voice in picking the next quarterback which is something they've got to do this offseason i'm not defending it but i'm saying one uh train of thought on this is that you want the coach and the GM paired up. You want them linked together. So if one of them stays, they both stay. If one of them goes, uh, they both go. So so you, your suggestion, John, that, that maybe Pace goes and Nagy does stay, well, if they want to link them together, uh, then you've, you've got them both back. And certainly 
Matt should have a huge say in what they do in terms of a quarterback uh, in what's going to be a fascinating offseason uh, of movement and musical chairs at that position because you've just got a ton of teams that are going to be out there uh, actively looking to get a new quarterback in the building or at least uh, shopping for a new quarterback. Yeah, since there's so much unprecedented uncertainty at the quarterback position in terms of movement this offseason, it actually could benefit the Bears. I don't know if surplus is the right word, but there are going to be some quality quarterbacks who will be looking for a home that may be in the Bears' ballpark in terms of price that you can bring in and really help take your team just a, a step above from an offensive standpoint. Let's go back to the phones. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Mike in Hawthorne Woods, you are on the score talking Bears with Brad Biggs. Hey, Brad. Listen to you every morning at 640, and I just have one pointed question. In terms of the salary cap, how much flexibility do the Bears really have? I mean, they've spent so much money on Foles, uh, uh, Khalil Mack, uh, the signing Trevathan. About the only thing I can see that they can do to free up any cap space uh, to do much of anything is to get rid of uh, Charles Leno and uh, Massey and, and maybe Trevathan. I mean, how else are they going to free up money so they can go out and uh, – get some pieces to make them any better than they were this year. Well, yeah, I think Bobby Massey's a guy whose time's probably come to an end with the Bears and and then create a little bit of cap space uh, with him. You know, that's not going to that's not going to free up a ton of space. Do you do you want to see uh, Jimmy Graham back at uh, what he's going to be required to be paid? Uh, this coming season, or do, do they move on from him? Yeah. But, yeah, they're they're snug against the cap, especially if that figure is going to sit at or around $180 million for, for this year. But you can always create cap space. It's something the New Orleans Saints have been doing for years, and their actions are going to – they're going to have to pay for them this year. They're going to have to get super creative uh, with their books. There's a couple things the Bears can do. Uh, to create cap space. Eddie Jackson just signed an extension last January. The Bears have made a habit recently of guys that they have paid big money to going back to them in about 12 months, a little bit less, and tweaking that deal. Uh, it, it doesn't involve a pay cut or anything or a pay raise. It's just moving them dollars around to uh, restructure it a little bit to create some cap space and flexibility. Uh, and basically push those cap hits into future years. They've done it with Khalil Mack, uh, Akeem Hicks, Kyle Fuller, Leno, uh, White Hair, Eddie Goldman, uh, Charles Leno, if I didn't mention him. I mean, most of the guys that the Bears have paid good money to in recent years, they've gone in and restructured to buy a little more cap space. So Eddie Jackson who got a contract 12 months ago as a candidate to have his contract tweaked to create some cap room for him. If the Bears want to lower Kyle Fuller's number, which is a $20 million cap at this year, pretty big, maybe they sign a new extension. They say, hey, 
Uh, we value what he's doing. He's our best cornerback. We'd like him here two, three more years. You sign him to an extension. You give him some bonus money. You lower that cap hit of $20 million. Would they want to go back into Max deal and restructure it for a second time? It's what they did with Julius Peppers back in the day, and ultimately it's what led to him being a cap casualty. But th- there are methods for them to create some cap space. They're not going to wind up with a ton of space, uh, but if, if they want to go out and, and do something, they're going to have the means to create the room for it. Just keep in mind, eventually the bill's going to come due. Brad Biggs is with us for the entire hour, taking your calls on the Bears, 312-644-6767. Parrish, Lake in the Hills, you're on the score with Brad Biggs. Hey, love you guys. So, Biggs, love you, man. Appreciate you all being on tonight with us. For sure. I, I guess what I would, what I really want to hit, and I've I heard the callers, is, and I know you were talking about the, the cap space and casualties and moving some money around. I think the thing that I'm hearing recently, and I'm always on the airways with you guys, is that uh, Allen Robinson, I mean, this guy is our by far number one guy, you know, offensive-wise, of course. I mean, playmaker, getting it done. I mean, getting the ball to him. He's key. You know, and I'm wondering, what are we trying to do? I mean, I know the franchise tag may be out there. I know he has the, the you know, the, 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 the options. I don't know if he's unrestricted or restricted. I mean, how big of a loss would it be? And, I mean, just common sense to lose this guy. we got Mooney coming back, Miller. I mean, who else is in the wide receiver room besides, besides that? Ridley? I mean, what are we going to do, Biggs, with, with Allen Robinson if, if we don't re-sign him? I mean, what do we have left? Yeah, well, you've got – you got not a lot left if you don't resign Allen Robinson. I think Darnell Mooney's got a bright future ahead of him. I don't think he's ready to be anything close to a number one wide receiver next year. Anthony Miller uh, is regressed. I, he's going to be going into year four, and um, you know, I, I just I don't see the dots connecting there frequently enough uh, for him. He doesn't seem like a reliable guy. Uh, in my mind, Javon Wims, uh, he, his best uh, asset is is a blocker in the run game. Riley Ridley, they, they won't even give the poor guy a uniform on Sundays. So um, that seems like a draft pick, uh, a former fourth round pick that that really hasn't had an opportunity uh, to do anything. And it's and with the performance of the receivers that they've had behind Allen Robinson, they've been evaluating the guy in practice. It's not like you're sitting there wondering, boy, what can this guy do? If he had been shown it on the practice field, I, I think we would have seen more of an opportunity for him. So what are they going to do with Allen Robinson? That's a great question. It's a huge question for them. Pressure's on the coach and the GM to win this year. So that would tell me that they're going to find a way to to make it happen for Allen, likely having to franchise tag him. I don't think there's any way Allen's going to agree to sign a multi-year deal with the Bears before the start of free agency, short of them basically giving him 100% of what he's asking for right now. And and we all know that's not going to happen. If they use the franchise tag, which will be about $18 bucks for this year, that at least buys you some more time to maybe talk about a long-term extension. Uh, Allen's not going to like that. Uh, but he understands the the business of football, 
and and he gets it because um, they've got to win this year and they don't have a number one option without him. That being said, as bad as this passing offense has been, and, and it's been deplorable really at times, how much worse can they be without Allen Robinson? You, you know, when you just kind of stack up the Bears passing game and look at some of the numbers versus other teams in the league over the last two seasons, and you see they're you know, far down there in, in some of these key categories. Well, remove Robinson the equi- from the equation. They're really that much worse. I guess the, to go that route, though, you'd have to have a hell of a plan for what you were going to do with that cap space and that money and how you were going to um, try to replace the production that he offered this past year, 102 catches for uh, you know 1,250 yards and six touchdowns, and uh, you know didn't get a ton of balls thrown to him uh, in the red zone. So instinct tells me they probably wind up tagging him, but we'll see. Uh, neither side's going to show their cards uh, this early in the game, but you you can't dispute his value. Uh, to them, not only on the field, but in the locker room. I, I think he's a pretty good leader for them. He's a pro's pro, no question about it. I think the, the biggest question is, we take a break here, Brad. I, I want you to think about this, and then we'll get your answer on the other side of the break. What are the Bears offensively? What is the identity of this team? Because I don't think they've answered that properly over the last three years with Matt Nagy as head coach. Brad Biggs, taking your phone calls all the way until 7 o'clock. 312-644-6767. Zach Zaidman with you until 9, right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. He called him Doc because he's got his PhD, so talk about intelligence that's there. But the real the real thing about Sean Desai is, like, he knows ball. He knows ball, and there are a lot of coaches out there who don't actually know ball. He knows the X's and O's. So he's the guy, we're doing our halftime adjustments, he's the guy going through the X's and O's. He's the guy who a lot of players go to if they don't understand, man, the coordinator maybe gave this vague description, but how, do we, how does it really work? And he's the guy who everyone goes to to help understand the place. So he knows how to teach, he knows how to motivate, knows how to inspire. That's former Bear Sam Ocho with me last week talking about the new Bears defensive coordinator, Sean Desai. It looks like the Bears' best bet to improving defensively is going to be making the players that they currently have on their defense better, which is a little bit realistic. Now, when it comes to an offensive standpoint, that's the real question is, what do the Bears want to be? Zach Saidman joined by Brad Biggs. He's with us for the entire hour, taking your phone calls at 312-644-6767 here on The Score. Brad, what do the Bears want to be offensively? Yeah, that's a hell of a question, and I'm not sure that they know at times. You know, talking to guys with other teams the last couple of years, you know, the one thing they consistently say is the Bears have um, – you know, really been kind of a gadget offense. You look at, they they try to make it uh, a, a lot of smoke and mirrors. And when you've got players like the Kansas City Chiefs have, you can you can pull that off. Uh, they haven't done so well with it. I will give them credit. They got, uh, they, they showed the ability to run the football in the second half of the season. They got better at it. I don't think they're great. I don't think... They believe they're as good as they need to be at that. But they turned to it. They stuck to it. They got production. We saw better play by the offensive line. We saw better play by David Montgomery. And we saw 
the coaching staff commit to the run and stick to the run, which is something that had not happened around here for a while. So they got better at that. Um, If they replace Massey, if they can get an upgrade or two on the offensive line, maybe, maybe uh, that sort of is part of their identity going into next season, especially if you feel like maybe the best you can do with the quarterback position is, is some form of a, a game manager type guy where you're going to want to be able to, to physically uh, attack the opponent w- with your ground game. 312-644-6767. Matt is calling from downstate Bloomington. And Matt, you're on the score with Brad Biggs. Hey, Brad. Uh, so to kind of piggyback off the last caller and talking about Allen Robinson as an established leader in the locker room, would there be any utility in kind of doing what uh, GMs and coaches do with the quarterback position, but going to Allen Robinson and talking to him about that they're, they're committed to getting a quarterback and kind of getting his feel on where they should go and maybe using that as a game plan to go after the cap and figure out how to get creative and get a good quarterback finally. Well, I mean, no, you're not going to have, you're not going to have your wide receivers help you pick your, your quarterback or you're, you're not going to, Allen's not going to be like, Hey, boy, they're, they're really involving me in the decision here. So heck, let me, uh, let me make this a little bit easier on them and, and shave some money off the deal. I'll play for less now. I, I don't think that's going to happen. You know, they've, they've just got to go out and, um, they've, they've got a couple paths here that do you, do you try to trade a bunch of picks and move up and draft a guy or, do you do the best you can to get a guy with some experience? And I think considering the circumstances they're in with the pressure to show progress, to, to use the word that I think Ted Phillips and, and George McCaskey sort of pinned things on two weeks ago, you, you're probably going to want to have that, that veteran quarterback uh, that, that can come in and, and hopefully uh, catch a little bit of lightning in a bottle for the Bears. I want some names in terms of potential quarterback answers for the Bears, wow. but I want to go back to the calls first. It, it, I know it's not an easy question to answer. Yeah. 312-644-6767. Tanner is calling from Austin, Texas. Hi, Tanner. You're on the score talking Bears football with Chicago Tribune NFL man Brad Biggs. Biggs time. Zach, what's up, guys? Yeah, I just had a question for you after a listening to the score quite a bit yesterday and, and hearing a, a lot of your staff members being very critical of the Dan Campbell hire for the Detroit Lions. I just want to ask a question on a special day like today. Could you think of another time in NFL history where a, a team may have hired a coach who's kind of a maybe a little bit of a hard-ass former tight end with no coordinating experience that may have had some success maybe, I don't even, maybe 35 years ago today? Yeah, well, it certainly worked <laughs> out for the Bears and you know, Campbell's a guy who, remember, he was the interim head coach in Miami, I think it was 2015, it was either 15 or 16, where he, he had a little bit of a run as the interim guy for the Dolphins. So he got a little taste of it, and, and he's been trying to sort of pick the brain of uh, Sean Payton since. So that's going to be interesting. You know, they, they've got a, a completely revamped front office in Detroit. Obviously, a new coaching staff. They are planning to trade Matthew Stafford. You're talking about a complete reboot here. I think it's probably going to take 
a couple years to evaluate uh, what kind of job uh, they're doing there because they're they're going to be getting rid of a, a pretty good uh, quarterback and we all know how difficult it can be to uh, to, to find uh, a replacement or, or one as good as Stafford. The Bears have uh, really struggled at that themselves. 312-644-6767. Jason in Janesville, Wisconsin. You are on the air here on The Score with Chicago Tribune NFL man Brad Biggs. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Um, with all the holes the Bears need to fill and their cap space issue, um, would it make sense? Because I'm here and they finally have a first-round pick that Mac Jones may be available from Alabama. Uh, would that be a possible option or just looking better than what he really is because of who he's throwing to at Alabama? Yeah, I mean, that, Jason, that's a great point. I, I think if you're the Bears, you'd trade their wide receivers – as a whole for, for what they've got at Alabama right now. And the bears probably, <laughs> the bears probably aren't the only team in the NFL that you'd, you'd make that swap for uh, right away. I, there's fantastic wide receivers at Alabama. And so one of the things that NFL scouts I talked to will bring up is it's really easy for the quarterback to look good when the wide receivers wide open. And that's something that, um, evaluators bring up when they look at Justin Fields at Ohio State too talking about these just huge windows that these quarterbacks uh, for these programs have to 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 fit the ball in there uh Mac Jones is a guy who has I think real limited mobility uh, the scouts I have uh, spoken to say that he's maybe got average arm talent in terms of strength uh, could he go in round 1 Sure, quarterbacks are constantly uh, overdrafted. Boy, I don't think you're taking him at 20 and feeling like he's going to be able to help your franchise show progress in 2021. 312-644-6767. Johnson, Kenosha. Hi, John. You're on the score with Brad Biggs. Hey, good evening. How you doing? Great. What's up, John? Oh, love both of you. Hey, listen, you guys are talking about Allen Robinson. I'm driving home from work. Uh, what I like to say is that if they're going to go the route of trying to get a, a quarterback here, you know, not without the trade, with the, um, excuse me, without the draft, either with a trade or something else, you know, like Tom Brady, you've got to have some type of good receiving core to, to entice somebody here. And I love Allen Robinson. I think he's the best. And, like, how do you – you know how do you how do you convince a quarterback to come here if if that's if that's not if that's up in the air? Thank you. Well, here here's what I say: free agency. If you're talking about convincing a guy to come here, you're talking about free agency. If they Bears trade for a guy, they they probably don't need to convince him. They'll own the rights to his contract. But in free agency, where's the discussion of okay? Let me talk to you about your wide receivers. Uh, well, I'll tell you where that is. That, that's like fourth or fifth on the list. Because the at minimum, the first three things are money, money, and money. Okay? And when you get past the money, then the guy's going to consider, okay, what's the system like? Who are the coaches? What's the offensive line like? Who do I have to throw the ball to? So is it an issue? Yes. Is it a critical factor? No, I mean, to me, money is like the 
top three issues always in free agency. And if you get a guy telling you differently, chances are he's yanking your chain. So, Brad, the other thing that I think sometimes we don't look at because we're, we're so focused in here on the Bears that we don't pay attention to the landscape of the NFL, there are so many teams in this league that are looking for quarterbacks this offseason. So when you start to, to rank the places where the, the top quarterbacks may end up going and uh, the teams that might have more attractive situations than the Bears currently do, how do you size up the Bears in the marketplace? Well, that's a great question, and it's something that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are probably working to figure out themselves. Certainly an attractive option for a, for a free agent is going to be the Indianapolis Colts. That's a pretty darn good football team right now that's in need of a starting quarterback after the retirement of Phillip Rivers. That's a football team that's got a terrific uh, offensive line, some young wide receivers, a young running back, a good defense. Sounds like a pretty good landing spot. But here's one thing that I think is really interesting. When you look at the draft, and and the Bears have the 20th pick, So let's leave the Colts out of this equation because the Colts are picking after the Bears. Let's just look at the 19 teams ahead of the Bears in the first round, and let's talk about which of those 19 teams could be in the mix for a quarterback here. Some of them we definitely know will be in the mix. Others we think, and there's a few where you're like, yeah, I could see it. Jacksonville at one. That's a gimme. They're going to take Trevor Lawrence. The Jets at two, I tend to think they move on from Sam Darnold. Just just my opinion. Miami's at three. I could see him trading for Deshaun Watson. Tua uh, didn't do a lot that was impressive to me when I saw him perform this season. At four, you've got the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan turns 36 this offseason. If they don't replace him, they're sure as heck going to be looking for a guy to bring along behind him. You don't know what Philly's going to do at six. Detroit at seven is going to need a quarterback after it trades Stafford. Carolina at eight, they'd love to upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater. Denver at nine, they're certainly not sold on Drew Locke. Dallas at 10, if they don't keep Dak Prescott, which I think they'll probably do, they're going to need a quarterback. It sounds like the New York Giants are going to give it another year with Daniel Jones at 11, so we should probably leave them off the list. 12, San Francisco. You could certainly see them making a move to uh, upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo, who missed more than half of this past season with injury. I don't think the Vikings are necessarily going to be on this list, but boy, if Deshaun Watson's available for trade as, as aggressive as Rick Spielman has been, I could see the Vikings trying to pull off something crazy. New England at 15, they certainly need a quarterback. Uh, the Raiders at 17, a special situation. Maybe they try to replace Carr. Then you've got the Dolphins picking again at 18, Zach. So they've got a lot of mm-hmm. draft ammo. And in 19, you've got uh, our friend Ron Rivera and the Washington football team. They've got a quarterback issue. That's nearly every team ahead of the Bears in round one is either going to be after a quarterback or potentially after a quarterback. Man. And then I mean, once you, you, we start you, to get you leave some answers, the Bengals off the list. It, yep. you, you have the Bengals off the list, the Chargers, and the Cardinals with Kyler Murray. Uh, those are the only three teams that are definitively not on that list. 
but there's going to be a, a quarterbacking carousel that takes place uh, oh, in yeah. this offseason. So there will be somebody good available out there. Have, have you begun? And, and it's, a, it's a hard because you're basically trying to predict where guys are going to go. But I, when, I, when you start to look at, at what's going to transpire here, are there names? Can you associate names with the Bears? It's, it, I think it's... I think it's a little, little early and and mighty difficult to do that. That he, I think the best case scenario for the Bears when you look at Stafford, okay, he's definitely heading out of Detroit. There's no way they trade him to the Bears, but boy, if they trade him to a team that currently has a quarterback under contract that could be of interest to the Bears, then then maybe that's a domino that falls that then helps the Bears out. Does he does he go to the 49ers? Are the Bears interested in Jimmy Garoppolo? I guess that's a possibility. Would the Bears have interest in Alex Smith, who's basically playing on a bionic leg, if um, if Washington goes in a different direction? I, certainly Matt Nagy and Alex Smith have a real uh, deep connection and bond from their time together in Kansas City. Um, comeback player of the year. I mean, it's a fabulous story. How much more does he want to play? How much does he have? And, and, and how confident are you in him playing on that leg that's had surgeries? He's a guy that maybe you could consider, but it, it's going to be you know, really, really interesting. A lot of the names aren't real sexy or exciting. Certainly, you want to think about Deshaun Watson until you're told that's not an option, but I would think that of all those teams I listed, some of these teams could put together really strong packages in terms of draft picks that the Bears would be, quite frankly, hard-pressed to uh, to match or top. To steal a line from Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be a beautiful mystery this offseason for the Bears at the quarterback position. Brad, I can't thank you enough for spending the entire hour with us talking Bears football. I hope we can do this again real soon because it's going to be a very busy offseason and we're going to need you on the air to answer so many of these questions. Thanks, buddy. Have a good night. You too. Brad Biggs, who covers the NFL and the Bears for the Chicago Tribune and is a score contributor. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll head up north. What the heck is going on with the Packers? We'll find out. Zach Zaveman with you until 9 o'clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. 
Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.